You're listening to an Imagine More podcast. The presentation you're about to hear was recorded as part of the 2021 Get That Good Life Conference. Sister and extremist. I'm here to tell you about Rosa. Rosa is a mother of three children. She looks as much more. She is also still beside Christy. She is a preparer of classification. There is a group of perfect daughters and the Thank you, Laura, for the wonderful introduction. I'm honoured to be introduced by such a vibrant young person. You, Malundi. Hello, everyone. It is very nice to be in your company. Today, I'll be talking to you about my daughter Sethmi's journey of inclusive education. First of all, I would like to introduce her. So this is my daughter Sethmi Lekamarachi. We live in Canberra. She is a wonderful big sister to Jaden and Keisha. Setmi was a student at a Catholic primary school and successfully transitioned to a Catholic high school this year. She is physically, academically and socially included in her school. Setmi is a hip-hop and jazz dancer. She dances with the local dance studio Culture Break. She has been a participant for their biannual concerts for many years. Being a dancer on stage is definitely something Setmi takes pride in. Setmi is a lover of water. Her favorite places to be are the beach and the pool. She is a bodyboarder, so heading back to the beach is, is high on our list of priorities. Setmi loves spending time outdoors. You can see that she's on this jet ski with us when we last went on a holiday outside of Canberra. <laughs> Sedmi is a cooking enthusiast. She bakes and helps with making dinner. She's been taking an elective at high school on food technology. So during the past few months, because we were in lockdown, she had lots of assignments, uh, remote learning assignments, and some of them were on food technology. She's had a delightful time uh, doing these uh, assignments. Sedmi is a friend. She thrives on her engagement with friends and she loves spending time with them. This is Setmi's vision. Setmi will be a valued member of her community, contributing and celebrating life to the fullest. In 2021, Setmi will be a valued student, exploring and navigating the exciting new life of a high schooler. Setmi will continue to grow her friendships. Setmi will strive to be a competent tech user. Sethmi will continue her passion for dancing. Sethmi will continue to be a great role model for her brother and sister. And Sethmi will have many opportunities available to showcase her many talents. So that's my lovely daughter, Sethmi. So let's go back in time. Sethmi didn't always hold some of these important valued roles mentioned earlier, especially the ones that are helping her right now to have an inclusive school and community life. When Setmi started preschool, she was already in an early intervention unit for autism. So there was a pushback 
to her accessing her local preschool. I didn't realize having a diagnosis of autism would result in rejection and pressure to go somewhere else. I remember how unwelcome we felt. I became frustrated and worried about where she would be welcome or where she would belong. When it came to choosing a school for kindergarten, that's the first year of primary school in um, Canberra, we were encouraged by school counsellor and professionals to go visit schools that had learning support units for autism and also special school settings. I don't remember us being supported to go see any local public schools. We were guided by these probably well-intentioned professionals. The picture painted about going to mainstream setting was that it won't be the best fit for Sydney, as there is no full-time support. So the unit option sounded beneficial given the small setting was specialist support teachers. Having had a bad preschool experience, um, we thought this would be the best place for Sydney, that she would feel welcome and supported to achieve the best. We hope that the intention is to integrate Sydney into the mainstream setting that the unit was attached to. So looking back at it now, I think we didn't know any better and uh, we believed that she would get the best learning opportunities in a smaller, well-supported environment and thought it will give her the extra support she needs. What we didn't realize was how limiting this was for Sydney's presence in the broader school community, how limiting it is to make social connections and even for her academic learning. Then one day, I happened to attend a Darcy L. Visioning session hosted by very own Imagine More. Little did I know what an impact this session will make. Luck would have it. It was a free event. It was on a Saturday, which ticked a lot of boxes in terms of easily accessing it. Um, I remember hearing Darcy sharing lots of stories of inclusion that really inspired and helped me to realize that Sydney does not need to be ready to be included in a mainstream setting. Rather, the setting needs to put things in place to support her, to help Sydney access her learning. If we waited for Sydney to be ready for mainstream, then she probably won't ever be ready, given that her disability would have presented many challenges on such a readiness check. And Sydney would never have shown her potential in a segregated setting where they believed she belonged because she didn't get any opportunities to show her potential. Until I heard Darcy, I didn't think it was possible for Sydney to be part of a mainstream school. After Darcy's session, I realized I could still dream the same things for Sydney. Before her diagnosis, I realized while well, having autism, was a great challenge for her. It was just one aspect of her life. I also realized that as parents, we are her biggest advocates and that we need to accept, we needed to step up and dream big. We were not sure how we were going to get there, but we had to believe it was possible. So this was the turning point. So Darcy's workshop was about Visioning. 
So I wrote down the first big vision for Sydney. Mainstream my soon-to-be seven-year-old daughter. These are the exact words I wrote down at the workshop. So giving us permission to dream big for our daughter. But this didn't come easy. Let me read some of my thoughts uh, from an email I wrote to Darcy um, and Jan after this workshop. So I go to say, Darcy, thanks again for inspiring me. It truly helped me to come out of my shell and start believing in myself and my daughter and bringing back the hope into our lives. And I go on to say, we hardly meet any other parents outside of the learning support unit for autism. I feel very isolated and I'm sure Sedmi does too. I need some conviction that mainstreaming her is the right thing to do because of her high needs. I still have some demons inside my head that needs to be tackled. I think if you, if I give you some context, the only person I knew from the school that set me went was the canteen manager. So I didn't know anyone outside of um, the uh, any families outside of the unit. So I didn't know anyone in the broader community of that school. So that was very isolating for me. And also, I wondered how we'd go in a regular school because we didn't have that kind of connection. So what I wanted to say was it wasn't easy to take the inclusive part because we are so conditioned by the system and society to think that my children with a disability belong somewhere special. I dare say I wouldn't know where we would be right now if I didn't attend that workshop seven years ago. So navigating the path. When we decided to take this path of inclusion or dared to dream big, we looked at several aspects when choosing a school. We wanted to go to a Catholic primary school. There were several reasons for this. One was that we believed that having a religious background in their schooling would help students to be more accepting and kind. We also wanted to avoid any barriers we would face from transitioning from a segregated setting to a mainstream one. Since Sydney was already in a public school unit where everybody around her genuinely believed that she belonged there, I knew it was going to be almost impossible to shift their mindset to believe that she actually belonged in a regular setting 100% of the time. So I questioned whether she would be set up to succeed. So looking for a different schooling system seemed like the best option. Even still, it was really hard to break out of belonging to a special needs group. We went and enrolled her at our local Catholic uh, primary school because it made sense to go local. Um, our neighbors had kids there. Sethmi also happened to have a cousin there. Giving some context there, when Sethmi was in, in the unit, it was not our local public school. So she missed out on having any connections to anyone by going to the nearby public school. So this was an isolating experience, as I mentioned before. So I wanted to avoid this too. So this is why we went to the local Catholic school. Unfortunately, it took much longer to enroll her in that school uh, as we planned. 
Um, we had to have many meetings and do a lot of advocating before Sethni was accepted. Coming in from a unit made it that much harder for Sethni to move into a mainstream school. So for about one and a half years, we were in discussions with the school and Catholic education for Sethni school entry. I ended up having my youngest daughter, Keisha, in between this period. So finally, in 2016, Sethni was partially included in the local Catholic primary school. So what did we do around this time? So during this length of time that we were waiting for inclusive schooling to happen, we held that firm belief that Sethni belonged in an inclusive setting and that she deserved the best opportunities that life has to offer, just like for any student without a disability. So we kept on persisting. Being connected with other families, striving for inclusion helped us a lot. There was a time when I started dousing myself. I was thinking, what am I doing? Is this the right thing to do? Some people close to me kept fooling that doubt. While I appreciated their honesty and concern, I made a decision to surround myself with people who believed in our vision for Sydney. People who knew that including her in a regular school was the right thing to do. So making sure we had eyes on the prize. So when things got tough, like waiting for her to be accepted, um, was hard. So since the school journey wasn't progressing as fast as we wanted, with the help of some trusting people, we looked at other things we could make sure we can stick to in our dream or vision for Sydney. We decided to take a look at things we could control. We looked for other opportunities to find an inclusive setting. This is when we discovered her dance studio, Culture Break. Sethni started at Culture Break in 2014. She has been a continuous dance member of this studio. And she still is. She follows hip-hop and jazz dance streams. The dance studio has been like a second home to her. She is well known to her dance community and she's a valued member of that studio. Having such a great inclusive experience with the dance studio helped us realize that inclusion is the right path for Sethni. It was what Sethni deserved and this, that this inclusive journey is not a foolish one. I'm supposed to have a um, photo of Sethni reading here to show you how important it is to look at things you can control. We invested in a program for her to learn to read. So it was a direct instructional phonics program. And this was inspired by the success stories shared by Imagine More. I saw Gus Reichelt. I think you've heard of him too today. He's part of the introduction team. So I heard Gus at one of Imagine More's um, conferences like this one seven years ago. And he was presenting about this wonderful uh, reading program. I was so inspired to see what a great job uh, Gus was doing with this program. So we started using that program and that's what helped set me go forward with her reading. So I'm, I'm, I just wanted to add, I'm so grateful for having heard such inspiring stories that led to us on this path. Sydney's able to read because of this program. So 
The thing to remember is when your inclusive journey seems stuck in one place or it's not working in some areas, it's good to remember to keep your eyes open and look at things that you can control so that you can take charge of those things and move your journey forward, even though some things are not working. So finding a place to belong. So as I mentioned earlier, it took time and energy to get set me into a mainstream school. So when set me first started in 2016, she was a part-time student uh, in her local Catholic school. Um, this was a confusing time for set me, being in two different school settings. So a mainstream setting and a segregated setting. So everything's done in a different way. So she would have been so confused. So looking back, I think she was such a resilient nine-year-old. There were considerable barriers for her to successfully transition to mainstream, as I think there was that genuine belief that she will do better in the unit. So long story short, the first school didn't end up being the best fit for her. So we went in search for a place that we really felt welcomed and had that sense of belonging. Through word of mouth, we found a school about half an hour away from home and on Canberra standards, that's very far away. <laughs> as soon as I talked to the principal, I knew we were welcomed. They wanted us to know how, how to make this work. They partnered with us and valued our ideas and input. I knew this school was going to be the right fit. I had that instinct. I remember um, how Sethmi was supported in many different ways to have the best first day at this school. We started in term three, if I'm not mistaken, and we were invited over the holidays to come and visit the school and for her to visit the classroom and get to know the teacher so she would be familiar. They introduced Sethmi to her class before she arrived in a very positive way to support the genuine inclusion. Sethmi did continue to be a part-time student, but with the backing of a great school and the leadership, she became a full-time student at this amazing primary school in 2017. So try, 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 and one day you will succeed. So how does it go when things work? So this is my beautiful daughter. This is one of the school photos of her. And um, as you can see, a marriage certificate up there. So when things work, it shows you that all that effort and energy is worth it in multiples. And most importantly, you can see your child truly flourish and achieve many things that you may not have initially believed possible. And you know that your child is truly happy as she is learning alongside her peers, making friends, and having that sense of belonging. During the first year of being fully included in the mainstream school, Sethmi received a school merit award. This was for publishing her first book. She had a wonderful teacher who held very high expectations of her. I think the collaboration with the school was all from the link for set me achieving successful outcomes. The school often met with me to understand how to support and to communicate what adjustments they were making. All the people involved with set me attended these meetings to work through 
how to best support her, especially how to support in her learning alongside her peers. I had access to a daily communication book uh, on her learning, so we could all understand how she was progressing. In this inclusive setting, Setmi went to her first swimming carnival um, and contributed house points by swimming across the pool. She got invited to her first birthday party. I still remember when I dropped her, there was already many kids from school at the party and they all cheered saying, yay, Setmi is here. What a feeling of belonging and acceptance that was. She went to school discos, took part in assembly, even hosted assemblies and took part in mass, um, took part in a lot of things that all the kids would usually take part in that school. She went on her first two-day camp to Sydney in year four. She was a leader in year six. So she took part in everything the school offered for every student. There was never a doubt about that or a question of whether she can participate, but rather the question put forward to us was, how can we make this happen? So during the meetings that we had, the teacher and everyone involved would say, these events are coming up. Is there anything we can do to help make sure she can engage? So we had these discussions well before the event, so she is fully supported to engage in the best possible way. One more story. In year six, Sethmi went to a boot camp with her classmate. Um, she participated in all the activities and surprised all of us. One thing that she surprised me the most, I think, was her going under muddy water. As you can see on the slide there, um, that set me under muddy water. And I'm like, I'm not sure how anyone would do that. But yes, the power of being alongside peers, the power of seeing your peers do things and wanting to be part of that fun and that environment is so important. Sethmi graduated from her primary school in 2020. And most importantly, she made friends. She made connections. Sethmi achieved a lot of things simply because she was given the opportunities. The school held high expectations of her. She was encouraged to improve and grow. And the school supported her by making adjustments to help us access and engage in her learning. When she was in the unit, she had to actually prove she could behave and work at a level that was acceptable for her to go to a mainstream classroom. So potentially, like I explained before, this may never happen because of her disability. At this school, Sydney was not asked to change who she is, but rather was supported to be her best self by giving her the same opportunities. That was afforded to everyone. Highlight of primary school. Yeah, I, I love sharing this story because there's so much power in it. If anyone asked me what is this thing that was most valuable during this experience, I think it would be that acceptance and belonging we felt. We felt blessed to belong to such a beautiful community. I remember how parents would actually come up and say hello to me. 
Sydney's classmates, parents would approach and talk to us, welcome us to the community at pick-up and drop-off times. And there were instances of parents approaching me and saying, how wonderful to have Sydney in their child's class. They often talked about how the classmates were proud of every little thing. This showed how well the kids knew Sydney and wanted her to succeed and celebrated when she did. I remember when she was in year five, she had to do uh, leadership speeches just like everyone else. And she was supported to do it in a way that was engaging for her. So at pickup that day, one of her friends would rock up to me and say, Sethmi did a wonderful job of the speech. It was so good. He was celebrating this and it it took my breath away because, you know, these little things, the uh, kids come and tell you, they are so genuine. They're what they feel. It's not uh, something that anyone can force them to say. So this is, you know, I've never had this kind of experience or connection anywhere else. So it was truly refreshing. And I knew this was because Sethmi was part of a truly inclusive school environment. While Sydney was fully included, I still wanted more. Never enough for us. So deepening friendships was important. I knew sometimes Sydney struggled um, in terms of furthering those friendships, in terms of flourishing those friendships. So when I heard another parent talk about intentionally forming a bunch of mates for their child at school, I looked at how this could work for Sethmi. I knew I couldn't make people be friends with Sethmi, but I was willing to create the opportunities so that these friendships could deepen and become real long-lasting friendships. So I wanted these friendships to grow from school and beyond. You heard from Janet today, and she talked to this point today as well about, you know, you cannot create relationships, but you can recognize and encourage and design opportunities in which the miracle of friendship is more likely to offer. And this is what we were after. We could see that Sethmi struggled because of her disability of maintaining and fostering um, those friendships. So we wanted to do more to help her and help the connections she has already to further them on. So this is how Sydney's friendship group, Amigos, came to life. So we had 12 members of her class in Amigos. Um, it first started as a lunchtime club. This group was about creating opportunities for Sydney to spend time with her friends Um to help find avenues of connection, as I explained before. It felt important that I took charge and I wanted to make it less formal. So I made sure I was a part of this. So what did we do first? Um, it was a very nervous start for me. Um, I was worried about putting ourselves out there, but the school was very supportive. Because they really wanted to help Sethmi enhance her social connections. The school got involved in different ways. We brainstormed first and we chose the right mix of kids and families to be invited to this group. And the school also provided the supervision during those lunchtime gatherings. 
So um, I remember Jan helped me get it up and running at the beginning. Um, so I decided to host it myself because I knew Seth me best. So I knew I would be able to support her much better. And also, I really wanted to get to know the other kids who were invited, um, understand their interests. I remember during the first gathering, we asked all the kids um, some questions about what they like to do on their weekends or after school, so that we were listening for those shared interests in order to make those opportunities happen. Sydney also shared her interests with the use of photos. What went right? Well, um, getting the families involved and getting that commitment because we wanted to make sure the kids who were involved were present at all the meetings or the gatherings because that was the important link, them being present there. So everyone involved in this group knew about why we were doing it. So the why was uh, building that circle of friends around Sydney. But, you know, it was worth all the effort. Uh, all the kids who were invited were wonderful. We did this with the help of the school, as mentioned before. They really wanted to be a part of the club. They came up with the name and um, they came up with even a logo. So as I mentioned before, I can't say it enough. The goal was to find compatible interests to set me. Um, so we will be able to connect with her friends. And it was also important for the friends to see set me in different roles outside of the school. As you can remember, we're not now in our local school anymore. It was a bit far away for us, but still, um, it was a really good school to make that choice. So that meant we don't often get to meet students of the school in afternoon activities. So what mattered, what went right was with time, we managed to extend these Amigo activities outside of the school because this was important in fostering those friendships. We hosted many sessions where we had picnics, playdates. At first, it meant I had to do, do a lot of hosting, but it was fabulous to have these amigos come over and engage with Sethmi. Um, in the last three years or so, or four years of this group, um, we did all sorts of interesting things, um, sometimes very simple activities, especially at school, like origami, playing games, um, decorating cookies. I was always mindful to keep the activities um, that were shared or a common interest with set me uh, so that she can engage because that's the whole idea, but also that it was age appropriate. And outside of school, the Amigos had amazing sessions. They went and made pizza at a pizza restaurant. They did uh, dance classes. They even had a session with a taekwondo instructor on self-defense. They did house parties, movie days, and pool parties, to name a few. Although it took a lot of energy from my side, it was worth it since Setmi had found a really good group of friends. As more time went on, um, other families also hosted some of the Amigo sessions. This actually, this photo is of another beautiful family hosting um, an Amigo event. When primary school was ending and as well as COVID hitting, uh, this is last year, 2020, we had to find other means of connecting. So 
I put it across to the team that um, whether they wanted to continue. Uh, when I say team, I mean the Amigos group. Um, the Amigos was the glue for the kids to keep connected now that they have moved on to high school. So they were very happy for Amigos to continue. And during the last lockdown, some of her Amigo friends met up on Zoom links. Um, they had small dance sessions, read books. It was fantastic because Setme needs different ways of connecting with others because of her disability. But the Amigos knew Setme so well, they can come up with different ways of engaging with her simply because they know her so well. So um, it was so nice to see them coming up with this. And um, when Setme started high school this year, one of her friends moved to the same school uh, and was in the uh, pastoral care class. So she wanted to help other class members understand Setme better. So she took it upon herself to advocate for Setme. She talked about how to communicate Setme and how to best understand her. You know, if nothing else, this would be enough to justify all the efforts that I put in in hosting Amigos. Um, this may seem like a little thing, but it is such an important thing for us as a family. You know, this helps us know that Setme has so many safeguards in place and that others will step up and help her if she needed the support. I don't believe that any of this would be possible if she was in, in a segregated setting. So the families of Amigo really appreciated the effort. They were so happy for their children to be a part of this activity. And they kept supporting us, and which has been a wonderful experience. You know, although I had that nervous start, it's been really nice to see how this has grown. So transitioning to high school, that was a big thing we had to do last year. Um, one of the things that helped us choose the high school was set me having some friends moving on from the same primary school. Um, we were again faced with that fact whether we are going to be going to a local high school or going to the high school close to her primary school. We ended up choosing the one close to the primary school because many of her peers moved there. I was again worried about how we will feel in terms of belonging or being accepted. There was that added complication of COVID restrictions. This meant we didn't have many opportunities to wish visit the school in person. But we found a great school in the end. Um, and her primary school principal helped me to be more informed so we could make the best decision. She was very helpful and even came along to a meeting. Uh, as she knew, I was very nervous and anxious about this decision. I guess I wanted to highlight that I felt stuck and not knowing how to move forward. So I reached out for help from the people I trusted. And they were all happy to help us. They knew set me, they knew our family, and they knew our vision. And they wanted to support in any way they could to make sure Setme succeeded in this transition. So even though sometimes you feel you're alone in this situation, you are not. But it is important that you surround yourself with people that you trust and people that believe in your vision. I remember when we first started the journey in primary school, 
um, and it wasn't going well. You know, I had those doubts, but I remember then choosing to surround myself with the right people. So I keep coming to that because it's something that most families face. So remember to surround yourself with people that believe in your vision. So I guess these are the last few um, messages I want to leave with everyone. Um, the road we traveled was not an easy one. Uh, it took commitment to the vision and believing firmly that set me belonged in an inclusive educational setting. Um, having to advocate for every little thing can be draining. It's so overwhelming sometimes. Um, you feel you're alone. Uh, it can take a toll on your family especially when things don't go according to plan. And for us particularly, we had to learn how to navigate the system because we didn't grow up in this city. And also having to justify your child belongs to every single thing you want your child to belong. <laughs> it, it takes a lot of energy. So as I mentioned before, what helped us was sur surrounding ourselves with people who believed in inclusion and believed in our vision. There is no set path for achieving inclusion. Checking in with your vision often and showering yourselves with stories of inclusion helps keep your dream alive. This is why I share our story. Maybe I might inspire one more family to take that right step towards the path of inclusion, um, like so many other families who've helped me in the past. So don't give up. Keep going and keep learning. Thank you for listening, everyone. I will pass on to Anne now for any questions. Hi, Raisha. That was fabulous. Uh, someone's written in the chat that it was a wonderful story of perseverance, advocacy, and love, and uh, I think that sums it up really well. We might jump straight into Q&A because we have a very short amount of time left. So to start off, someone has said, thank you for sharing your story. Um, and how has your vision for Sesame evolved from the initial mainstream one that you showed? I would say it's become a bigger, lifelong one now. While we were um, going in for the um, mainstream goal, um, and once we achieved that, uh, we changed it to her being a successful student in a regular setting, being always included. And that's how it sort of evolved. And right now we're looking at more, um, yes, for her to be a successful high school student. But even at this time, we're looking at employment possibilities. What could be her future in terms of how she'll be employed? What her interests that could then um, continue to be a path towards um, her being um, an employee or starting home business, whatever that can be. And um, having that dream of one day her having her own home and, you know, living the best life she wants to live, accessing all these good things in life we keep talking about. Yeah, that's what I was just about to say. It's not like she's got a, a dream for the good things in life. So that's great. So this isn't a question in the, uh, in the chat, but something I was thinking as I listened to you, it seems to be a common thread is that element of collaboration. Um, you talked about the importance of that with, with the teachers. Do you have any tips around that for how to do that well for, for families who are perhaps struggling to, to get that team collaboration happening in their um, child's school? 
I think it's okay to show some vulnerability to your school um, because I think it's important they understand uh, your vision. So um, I think starting with sharing your vision every single time, if you feel they don't know, you know, I go to names where I print postcards and send to send to Sydney's high school uh, teachers. Uh, you know, um, I think I gave like a sticky thing, something that sticks. Um, I forget the name, um, and you know, make sure they put in. Um, the teachers pigeonholes so they know that yeah. you know we're just just reminding them of our presence and also that the fact that they can reach out and ask uh, for that information yeah. because especially in a high school setting it's a bit different because there's so many teachers unlike primary school the teachers don't have much time to spend with your child too so it takes time for them to get to know them You've been listening to Imagine More Podcast. If you enjoyed it, don't forget to review us and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And go to imaginemore.org.au for more great content.